I wanted to continue our year-end conversations and uh, you know it's always interesting and I think we you know you gain a lot from taking a look back with some of our city leaders about what the what the year was like in the division, the department uh, that they head up, and you know what, it's been a challenging year for Edmonton firefighters. There's been arson, uh, death, dealing with the damaging effects of drugs, and, and a whole lot more. Uh, joining us this afternoon, Edmonton Fire Chief Joe Zatilny. Chief, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jalen. Thanks for having me. All right, nice to talk with you again. So uh, it's been a busy year for the fire department. Literally a busy year. The number of fire calls uh, higher than than previous years, or la at least last year. Yeah, th and, and thank you. This year we saw a, another significant increase, so about 16.5% of calls um, increasing up to anywhere. We're, we're expecting 78,000 calls by the end of the year, so that's oh. that's a significant increase. And I've been so fortunate. I have just an incredible staff that are just dedicated to service and ensuring Edmontonians are, are safe, and uh, that's what's pulled us through this year. Yeah, and I was going to ask you, how, how, has, how has staff handled that I mean, if you it's, if it's up right now, you're looking at what uh, eleven thousand calls. Um, you know, it's busy, busy time. So, how are staff handling that, and what's being done to make sure that they're being taken care of? I think when it comes to emergency response, um, you know, our staff they put they put community surf uh, first and Edmontonians first, and that's that's the key to to everything in public service. And you know, when they come back from the call, uh, we need to make sure that we're looking after them, um, making sure that we're looking after mental health of our staff. And um, you know, we've developed quite a robust system. Uh, we worked on partnerships with uh, wounded warriors mm -hmm. and launched some great programs this year to make sure that we're continuing to build resilience and, and we're there for our staff when they need us. Yeah, good to hear, good to hear. Let's talk about the impact of the opioid crisis on on uh, Edmonton Fire Services. I mean, boy, oh boy, there's been a lot of those calls. There's been a hunk of those calls that are directly related to that. How has the opioid crisis impacted the Edmonton Fire Service and what it does? Yeah, and, and this year we saw an increase in the overdose calls that we see. And so last year we looked at over 5,100 calls. This year we're close to 6,000 calls. And, um, you know, we continue to see those in our, our top three neighbourhoods around Macaulay, downtown, and central Medugo. So, um, you know, significant. It starts to um, erode our resources and take them away from other emergency events. But, you know, when you're going to these calls, it is um, it, there's a, a risk of life, and, mm -hmm. and we're there to support Edmontonian. Uh, Chief, I, if I remember correctly, I think it was last December um, that the province announced that uh, anyone dealing with an opioid addiction could visit one of the, uh, like a local fire uh, station to, to be connected with the virtual opioid dependency program. Did that go ahead and, and, and how is that unfolding? It did, and um, what we the statistics we heard back was um, we we had people come to fire stations, which was great. Um, but the the fact that uh, we we partnered with Parents Empowering Parents and and joined uh, that that cause, um, they saw a thirty percent uptake in uh, people using the uh, virtual opioid dependent program, and um, the the feedback from the partner. Um, 
Parents Empowering Parents program was uh, they saw an uptake as, as well. So, um, you know, we, we consider that a success and, and we're glad mm-hmm. to be part of those initiatives to, to get the word out. Yeah, anytime uh, anyone is willing to step up and get into uh, one of those programs, that's a good thing. Listen, I know one of the things that is, is probably keeping you up at night and especially right now with this bitter, bitter cold is the number of uh, fires in uh, encampments in the city. We have had deaths. Tell me about that and the situation there and the challenges um, that uh, that your crews deal with when 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 responding to and dealing with a fire at encampments. Yeah, and I think you know encampments themselves are are, are very challenging. You know, we're we're dealing in in areas that have. Uh, difficult access and egress um, there's uh, materials and uh, a lot of time propane cylinders and uh, the, the area is not uh, conducive for the activity that's uh, going on there and so you know this year alone we saw 65 fire events um, just involving tents and encampments and, and then tragically uh, we saw uh, five deaths that were related to to the fires that were there and, you know those are those are calls that were on where there's fire present and so um, you know, these are people that are trying to stay warm. They're trying to cook, and um, mm. you know, they need the light. And it's it's just so tragic to see that this is occurring. And so, you know, our our crews and fire crews have had to adapt over the last several years. Um, typically, you would go into a situation, you would do your, uh, you you'd attend the scene, you'd do your 360 size up of the entire scene, and you'd be looking at hazards. And um, you know, this is a bit non-traditional because you know the hazards of even getting into um, a situation where there's an encampment and making sure that you have even access and and the safety to do so and all the other uh, nuances that come along Mm -hmm. with encampments um, you know that's that's a challenge that you know I'm I'm very grateful our firefighters have uh, adapted to and they've done an incredible job to make sure that people get the care they need Um, but but it is a challenge and uh, we as we see this continues to grow as a challenge uh, in our city so so how how does you know moving forward you know how how does the the fire department and the other emergency response uh, organizations uh, deal continue to deal with this or, or how do we you know, learn you know best practices um with this um and 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 I, and I guess the other thing is is you know what can we do to try to change it yeah, I think, you know, number one, first off, um, if they see something happening, you know, we want Edmontonians to call and, and never to be afraid to call uh, 911 for, for help, whether that's uh, you see something in an encampment or, or uh, outside of an encampment. Um, you know, the, these are complex situations. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think one of the keys to moving forward is partnerships and uh, working together um, with other agencies and stakeholders and making sure that, uh, we're doing our, our best and, and we're getting the outcomes that we want to see. Um, from a fire uh, fire department perspective, you know, we've we've launched the community safety property team to, to address the um, vacant properties yeah. that are being accessed and, and uh, we're, that we were seeing fires in. But when it comes to encampments, um, you know, there there isn't much in the industry uh, for us to do around prevention mm-hmm. that we, we can do just on our own. And so um, we're looking at um, education programs and how we can help get more messaging out there so that um, you know people aren't taking 
uh, cooking in their tents. They're yeah. um, they're being yeah. uh, they're being safer. It's uh, it is a, a difficult journey, but we need to work together to be able to get the best outcome. Chief, are you going to be a part of that provincial task force that was announced recently to help address crime, addiction, and social um, some of the social issues in the city? Yeah, I, I think if uh, if City Council feels it's important for me to be involved uh, with the uh, Edmonton Public Safety and Community Response Task Force, I, I'm happy to participate. And, um, you know, I think this is such a, a, a difficult situation that we're facing, and, and these types of problems are best solved when we all work together. Uh, Edmonton Fire Chief uh, Joe Zatilny joining me this afternoon. Chief, I'm going to get you to hold the line for a section. For a section sec- I need to take a, a quick break here on the other side. A couple of more questions for you. You touched on on arsons and, you know, that's still being a challenge in the city, but there has been some success that uh, you mentioned. I want to get, get into that. And also wanted to talk about the efforts to attract more diversity to the uh, fire department. Hold the line. We'll be back with more of the Edmonton Fire Chief right after this. Edmonton's Fire Chief joining me on the line this afternoon. Great to talk with you, Chief. Um, when it comes to arsons, like deliberately set fires, uh, in Edmonton, there was an increase overall in those numbers, but in, in a certain area of town, um, there's been a dramatic decrease. Tell us about what's going on in that front. Yeah, and, and thanks, Jalen. Um, the leading causes of fires in our city are deliberately set or are suspected to be deliberately set fires. And when I look at 2021 and we see the number of deliberately set fires being 971, and then in 2022 uh, up to November, it's 1,544. Wow, that's a that's a significant problem. And so um, one of the one of the the good news pieces out of this is back in April. And City Council recognized that we needed to, to action what was happening around Alberta Avenue. Um, we created this community property safety team. And this, this is a team that holds homeowners accountable for not securing their vacant properties to reduce the fire risk uh, in the city of Edmonton. And so um, we ask uh, property owners uh, or we ask neighbors or um, when we go to calls and that there's been a fire, we check if it's a vacant property. And if it is, we put them through a process to address uh, that property and, and to date um, we've identified uh, 177 properties into the system that uh, that needed to be addressed and out of those uh, 177 properties um, we've had uh, 55 being uh, that, that have been addressed and a number that have been demolished and so with that initiative since uh, April we actually saw um, the number of deliberately set fires around the Alberta Avenue uh, uh, dropped to 13, which compared to 132 last year, that's a significant yeah. decrease. Yeah, that's huge, without a doubt. All right, uh, Chief, before we run out of time here, curious to know when it comes to attracting more diversity to the fire department, uh, what's being done on that front? And, and, and are, are you seeing any gains there? Yeah, and, and the, the short answer is yes, we are. And, and firefighting has a long history of being a, a male occupation. And more and more people, as we get out and we start talking about it and engaging communities and, and getting more messaging out, that it's more than just uh, the perceived physical ability to, to do the job. And it, it does provide provide that uh, exceptional work-life balance. So we're, we're doing our best in the community um, through our uh, outreach and recruitment processes to be able to engage um, people who may not have thought fire could be a, a profession for them and letting them know that they have a place in our ranks. And so uh, 
a lot of this has been done through our, our Camp Inspire program, which um, we see uh, groups of 20 come, come in and we focused on um, people who identify as, as women or other. And um, we, we've seen a significant increase in applications uh, for, um, for those identifying as, as female or women coming into the service. So it's very exciting. But, you know, as a fire service, and, and this is across the fire service in North America, we generally see uh, low uh, diversity when it comes to women in the ranks. And so we know we need to do some work there and there's a lot of effort underway and it, it will take time to 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 get to a better uh, balance but we are seeing progress all right chief uh, i have all sorts of other questions for you but we're out of time this afternoon we'll have to uh, catch up in the new year want to thank you for making time for us this afternoon all the best over the holidays and uh, yeah all the best in 2023 we'll talk to you then all the best to you as well thank yeah, you take care edmonton fire chief joe zatilney